Welcome to the On The Air Podcast, a companion to On The Air Magazine, a bi-monthly magazine from ARRL for beginner to intermediate ham radio licensees. I'm your host, Steve Ford, WB8IMY. Every month, the On The Air Podcast extends material found in On The Air Magazine to help you learn more about the many things the ham radio service and hobby has to offer. The On The Air Podcast is sponsored by ICOM for the love of ham radio. In the March-April issue of On The Air, you'll find an article about Parks On The Air, better known simply by its acronym P-O-T-A, or just POTA. This is a very popular program that encourages hams to get on the air from parks and other sites throughout the world. The park operators are known as activators, and the hams who contact them are hunters. Parks on the Air has an excellent webpage at www.parksontheair, that's one word, dot com. Registration is free and there are many attractive awards available for both hunters and activators. There's also a very active Parks on the Air group on Facebook. In the article, you'll see a photo of Audrey Hance, KN4TMU, taken during an activation she and her husband, KI4OTR, carried out at Panther Creek State Park in Tennessee. As luck would have it, I was able to contact Audrey for this podcast. Good evening, Audrey. Good evening, Steve. Well, tell me, how long have you been licensed? Um, I've actually been only a ham operator for about two years now, so it's not been very long. And how did you discover Parks on the Air? Was that soon after you got licensed or later? No, that was that was way later. Um, what did actually happen was with my husband, we, we like to hike. So we hike a lot. We hike Panther Creek. We hiked um, House Mountain that day. And um, he was actually looking at his radio, and he was saying park numbers. And I had no clue exactly what he's talking about. Um, so he started walking me through it and try to help me understand parks on the air. Um, so House Mountain, House Mountain is actually it's located around Corrington, Tennessee. It's about eight miles north of Knoxville. So when we're hiking and stuff, he's he's talking to me and helping me understand it. And I'm concentrating on the views. <laughs> but yeah, he's he's trying to break me into it, and it it just it confused me in the beginning. But then when I started understanding it, um, I just knew that oh, well, this is pretty cool. You know, it, it helped us to allow to incorporate our love of hiking and kayaking into the need of the ham radio. So then, of course, that led to Panther Creek. Well, tell me about that operation at Panther Creek. I mean, a lot of people have seen that photo in the March-April issue of On the Air magazine uh, with you sitting there on the radio. I see what looks like an SUV on the road in the background. So how did you set that up? Where did you set it up? Um, well, there's a bunch of park like tables and things up there, and um, we just chose one. Um, previously, before that actual operation, um, a few of the other ham radio operator guys they um, helped me out. They helped me understand a little bit better. But that particular day, um, we went on a hike, and I was like, hey, we need to set set this up. We brought it with us. Um, we have our bug out bags with us. So we set it up. My husband actually helped me set it up because, I mean, I'm still fairly new at, the, new at all this. <laughs> so um, the radio, I mean, he had actually had it out um, on the desk, 
And I told him, I said, hey, that's my radio. I was like, we need to go hook that up at Panther Creek so I can learn a little bit more about that one. Um, it's an ICOM 7100. And um, the antenna we used was a Wolf River Cool. How he hooked it up, I was confused because, of course, I'm still new at this. <laughs> so he, he helped me hook it up and try to figure out where to set the radials and things like that. Um, the battery was a Bieno bi- power, um, a 12 volt, 12 amp per hour. So I'm still trying to get used to it. Um, there's still a lot of things on the radio that I don't understand. I've been watching him do it every night on the radio. It's helped out a lot. When you were at the park, um, I noticed in the photo you were holding a microphone. Were you mostly using single sideband to make your contacts? Yeah, those are all single sideband. And with the battery, were you able to still run that radio at, at full power, or did you have to kind of crank that back? And um, We started at about 50, um, 50 watts, and then we moved up to 100 watts, because Panzer Creek's just pretty much in our backyard. Um, and I had actually wondered, I was like, wait, is this going to use all this battery? And he's like, no, we're good. <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I have to ask the million-dollar question, which is, how many contacts did you make? Oh, I made 14. There was about two or three that I couldn't pick up or anything. I mean, the furthest that I talked to was um, Canada. I, th- I thought it was pretty cool that the first guy that came back to me, it was W3BAS. And I um, kind of remember him because, one, it's my first contact. <laughs> and um, two, where, you know, it ends in BAS, it reminds me of fish. Cause, so that reminded me of my dad. So it was meant to be. <laughs> <laughs> Were you primarily on one band, or did you change frequencies and bands? I remember only being on one band, and um, I really couldn't. I'm still new at this. <laughs> um, so I am trying to understand um, all the information about bands. <laughs> well, it looks like you were doing well, as some people may or may not know in the uh, Parks on the Air program, and correct me if I'm wrong, Audrey, but I believe you have to have at least 10 contacts for a park activation to count. Is that correct? I'm pretty sure that's correct. Um, I think uh, the day that my husband was talking to me, he wanted to make sure he at least got 12 to make sure that he would get in there. Was this your very first activation then? This is my very first activation, other than just watching my husband do it. Have you done any since? We haven't been able to get out. Um, COVID's trying to really keep us, and then he ended up going back to school. So we've been really not been able to get out. But when we do, I mean, we we always have a radio with us. So you think you'll do more park activations? I think we will. I think I will. Um, I enjoy parks on the air so much more than I thought I would. Um, Just just sitting at home on the radio, it's kind of like, okay, I'm at home, I'm on the radio. But when you get out there and you see nature, you see where you're at, you see what you can do with an antenna and with a radio. It's it's amazing to see what you can bring with you, what you can put in two or three bags. We've, we've got boxes for the radio, and I'm like, t- talking to my husband, I'm like, okay, we need to have this smaller, more compact, easier to carry. So he's really helped me out with that. Oh, so you're already up on that stuff then, at least as it applies to hiking and everything else. Yes. I made a recording, Audrey, of uh, a recent POTA operation that was taking place on 40 meters. 
I'm going to give listeners about 30 seconds of what it sounds like, well, right now. Anytime. Uh, enjoy, 73. Uh, Victor Alpha 3 Echo Tango, your 5-9 is to Kilo 1596. Hi, Roger, Roger. Your 5-9 Ontario. Good luck out there and be safe. I appreciate it, 73. This is K3BOH, Kilo Echo 8, Bravo Kilo, Papa. Okay, got two of you. Kilo Echo 8 station. Kilo Echo 8, Bravo Kilo, Papa. Okay, stand by. Let me get my logs cleared up here. Uh, Kilo Echo 8, Oscar Lima Whiskey, your 5-9 into Kilo 1596. How long were you at the park during your activation? We was there for about maybe a couple of hours. Two or three hours, maybe. Um, it was cold that day. After we hiked, we, we sat down, and then the wind was kind of blowing a little bit, but not bad at all. You don't look too cold in the photo. <laughs> you just look very busy. <laughs> yeah, I, I, was, I was busy, but sh- getting on the radio, I mean, I still get nervous. Um, we have a LARC, a Lakeway Amateur Radio Club, every night at 8 o'clock. And um, I still get nervous. The guys on there, they're like, just just take your time. Just breathe a little bit. You're fine. You're doing great. Now, is that a net on a local repeater? Um, it is. Um, it is on the 147.030, the tone's 156.7. We just hold the daily safety net twice a day, 8 a.m. and 8 p.m. Um, I currently do the second and the fourth Tuesday of the month. Um, and we had started because of the pandemic. We couldn't get out and we couldn't meet everyone. We couldn't see everyone. So, I mean, it, it helped us connect and keep everybody safe. Um, I know Tuesdays, Tuesdays actually started more like with the weather. I feel like it kind of goes more into Skywarn, which is interesting. But then it kind of developed into just making sure everybody's safe, making sure the radios are working fine, the antennas are working fine. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's helped me get out of my shell of being shy and really just talk. <laughs> well, that's a great idea. So you're a net control station, is that right? Yeah, yeah, it's a safety net. Okay. The W2IQ repeater. That's excellent. How long does the net last? Um, I think the longest I've went is about maybe 30 minutes. Um, the most contacts I've gotten, I think it's been around 24, 25 contacts. Um, like tonight, we'll have one tonight. And getting back to Parks on the Air for a moment, what sort of advice would you have for somebody who hasn't done it but is thinking about doing it? Something you might have done differently or, or what? My biggest thing would be just, just get on there and just go with it. Because after you do your first contact, it's exciting to be able to talk to all kinds of different people and just different parts of the world, parts of the United States, anywhere. I mean, it's just amazing to see what people can do on there. Um, don't be shy and just talk. I mean, it's, it's a lot easier than what I thought it was going to be. Um, and, and all the technical stuff, I mean, I'm still learning. You're going to learn that as you go. Oh, sure. Don't forget to, don't forget to take tests. (laughs) (laughs) As part of your operations, I guess you also bring along food and water and everything else. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, you probably saw, I'm not a coffee drinker, so I have to have a Coke. So I told my husband, I was like, the Coke's in the photo. I I bring a Coke wherever I go. (laughs) (laughs) And did you find uh, when you were talking to people, did it ever get a little overwhelming? In other words, did you ever, for example, have a couple of stations calling you at once, anything like that? 
Oh, definitely. Yes. Um, uh, that, that happens most of the time on the Lakeway Amateur Radio Club net too. And I'm like, I just have to take a pause and I, I have my husband there and he'll be like, okay, this is what it was. I'm like, okay, I do not see how, you, I do not know how you heard that, but okay, let's try this again. If I don't understand it, then I can come back and I can ask them to repeat it. One of the biggest things that kind of, no, I can't ask him to repeat it. And he's like, no, you can't. And I'm like, okay, I've got to make sure this is right. <laughs> In my own experience with Parks on the Air, I think the vast majority of the people are are pretty friendly and patient, the ones I've encountered. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, they're, they're there for the same reason, to connect with people, to make sure everybody's safe. So, definitely. In addition to the activation you've done, do you ever get on and then hunt for other activations, become a hunter rather than an activator? I actually have not done the hunting thing. Um, so I, I enjoy getting out to the park and coming, I guess, from that side of it. But don't get me wrong, I'm going to get into that and continue to work on parks, of the, parks on the Air. They have a remarkable website, and I noticed that uh, they have a tremendous number of awards and beautiful certificates. I don't know if you've ever seen them, but... Uh, gorgeous certificates that they do for uh, oh various things like working so many parks and and all of that also they have an extensive map of uh, all the parks in the united states and throughout the world and all their different park numbers i suppose you would call them <laughs> have you had any ideas about where you might want to go for a, another activation and um, there are a few places in Asheville, north carolina that are interesting um, and then we had just went to Fall Creek Falls. Um, I'm not sure if that's an activation or not, but yeah, I, I do get on that map and I look at different parks and there are some parks on there that I want to go to the park. I'm like, Oh wait, that's not an activation. So I'm always trying to scout out one that has the activation along with it. Yeah, you're right. I've noticed that myself where sometimes I'll see a park, but it's not yet eligible for parks mm-hmm. on the air, so I go, oh, okay, not that one. Well, I'll have to pick another one. Or I'll see a park that, uh, I guess because I'm lazy, unlike you, I, I don't hike that much. I, I want to have a park where I can drive to, you know, and just operate <laughs> from my car. But obviously, you like to get out in the woods and, you know, take your radios with you and all that. Oh, yes, definitely. Yep. Well, that's great, Audrey. I'm, I'm glad you had a good time with it, and uh, I'm hoping that as we get into warmer weather here, we'll hear you on the air again. Oh, definitely. Yes, I will be there. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Well, thank you very much, Audrey. Thank you so much. I hope you've enjoyed this episode, which took a deeper dive into the material found in the March-April 2021 issue of On the Air magazine. I'll be back next month with items to discuss from the May-June issue. In the meantime, feel free to send comments about On the Air to ota at arrl.org, read our blog at arrl.org forward slash ota hyphen blog, or learn more about ARRL membership at arrl.org. Until then, I'm Steve Ford, WB8IMY, 73.